Welcome to the Exploring Awareness Podcast. Join Dr. Frank Anderson and Lisa Berry in exploring new ways to live in this chaotic world and find peace and joy in the most unlikely places. Welcome and thanks for checking out our Exploring Awareness Podcast, a conversation about many different ways to look at and think about and explore life between myself. I'm Lisa and Frank is here and uh, feel free to talk along with us as you listen. We're four months into a global health crisis and we're recording via Zoom from Ann Arbor, Michigan, but we're so grateful for all of you listening all over the world and we're happy to receive your emails. We have seen several at exploringawareness at gmail.com and uh, if you have a thought or a question or a suggestion for an episode, feel free to reach out to us as well at exploringawareness at gmail.com. As I said, you know, we're four months into this pandemic And we've talked over our last 23 episodes, this is episode 24, about different ways to explore inner peace or explore ways to be calm during these turbulent times. And so I thought it would be good to do, put them all together in one place and do a bit of a review, which I'm calling how to be steady in unsteady times. Does that work for you? It works for me, Lisa. When we first started this podcast, we picked up the the, uh, theme, finding Peace and joy in the most unlikely places. And this was at the end of January before there was actually kind of chaos in the world. Finding peace and joy in the most unlikely places. And then you really opened up my eyes and my life by saying that joy is always there. The joy is always there and we just cover it up. And I'm like, what? And, And would you say that is true for inner peace as well? Oh, absolutely true. So we were, we've been talking this whole, this whole time about peace and joy and love and generosity as inherent qualities that we all possess already. And so we talked about how those things get covered up, you know, with thoughts and emotions and conditions and things like this. And we've been working on finding the, core, the inner core that contains all of those things. Now, those are all words that we use for something that there are no words for. And so that's, that's, that's when we started this podcast, after we had that first interview, that was the kind of thing we were going for. Now, we didn't know there would be so much chaos in the world, you know, with the pandemic and kind of social crises. Right, yeah. And so we started those first few episodes with some foundations, you know, foundations of mindfulness practice. We also had to talk about what awareness is. And as we were putting this podcast together, too, we were looking for logos, remember? Right. We found that really cool picture. And so for all of you that are listening or watching right now, you know, take a look at that picture because that picture was, was chosen with a lot of care. Yeah. You know, some podcast logos have people's names on them, but we chose to uh, to pick an image, and the image has a lot of people's brains in them and yeah. gears and keys. It also has butterflies and dragonflies. And I was just looking at it the other day. In the upper left-hand corner, there's a body, and the head is like a swirly thing. And I was like really focusing on that. And I, had, I mean, I helped you pick it out. I've seen it, but I didn't, I hadn't noticed that it was a, a body with a, you know, a swirling yeah, design. I, as the head. 
I've been focusing on that lately, and I, maybe that's how I feel. I don't know, but I, I liked that part. So the reason I bring it up is because I'd like people to look at that and maybe even send us an email about how they feel about it. It's a complicated picture and almost meditative. So you could take a look at that picture. It's not a simple picture of a- Right. What's meditative about it? Cloud or, you know, beach. You know, a lot of meditation podcasts have those very calming pictures, right? And we actually have a complicated picture. And so, yeah, so so you look at that picture and, and when you see, well, what, what does it bring up for you? You know, you can be aware of what it brings up, right? So you see these pictures and it might trigger a thought and you can be aware of that thought, right? So the thought that it triggers, you know, that it triggers it for a reason. And so you can use that as kind of a way to be aware of how your mind is working. So I see a gremlin and, you know, there might, I might have this idea of inner gremlins in me, inner scripts, you know, inner, inner, inner gerbils that are running on a wheel all the time. You can take a look at that, but it looks like an alien. It could be, you know, from another world. You know, who knows? I mean, I think the nice thing about art is you just interpret it anyway. Right. Can I tell you what I see? Sure. I mean, uh, it was months ago that we picked this out, and I didn't, you know, I look at that now, and I see, it's like all the thoughts in your head, they're kind of swirling, and it makes a swirl. So, But if I, I should meditate on that? You should look at it and see what it brings up. And, uh, and be aware of the thoughts and sit with that. Absolutely. I think it, you talk about that a lot. You sit with that. What does sit with that mean? What do you mean when you sit with something? Um, when, when we say sit with something, the, the sitting part is the meditation part. Okay. Know? And we talked earlier in the episodes about the, that word meditation and that word mindfulness and how it does tend to mean a particular thing for people. And so, I, so, so that's why I don't use the word meditate on this because uh, that could mean different things to different people. So sitting is, okay, being still. Sitting is, is kind of stopping what you're usually doing and sitting. And, uh, and you sit with this. So, you would, so maybe when you're sitting, you're sitting with your, with your mind or you're sitting with your breath. You know, you're sitting with your thoughts so, so sitting in meditation might be similar, but sitting has less, you know, implicates less, less other things um, attached to it. Because when we talked all about the different types of meditation, you know, you could be do, doing chanting or you could be doing yoga or you could be doing, you know, mantras or whatever. But I'm just saying sit with it. So we talked about sitting with the breath and sitting with the body and, you know, or being aware of the breath, aware of the body aware of thoughts so so this reminds me of being aware of art and so when you go to mm. a museum too you know you'll see some people going through an art museum and they're just all walking through and they're looking at this picture like oh there's a mona lisa you know there's a picasso and there's other people that are looking at it and they're like taking it in you know when it's bringing up things for them and they're you know they're they may not know it but they're practicing awareness of their thoughts and what that's bringing up for them it can give you insights into yourself. I get that a lot from music and poetry. Absolutely. Yeah. I can listen to music and it just goes right to my heart, into my soul. And sometimes I wonder, am I the only one who feels this way? Why am I so moved by music? It just, 
it's a pleasure of mine. And I, and I, I do that with art as well, or poetry, I'll hear a poem or read a poem, and it just speaks to me. And I have a friend who is a poet in Upper Michigan, and he posts a poem uh, on, on Facebook every day, and he posted one this morning. And I always think he's writing them for me because they resonate with me so well. And I'll text him, and go, you wrote that for me. And he's like, well, no, actually, I wrote that when this was happening here. I'm like, do you know how much I'm interpreting that and literally I had no idea we were going to be talking about this now but I said your writing is art so it's funny that we're having this conversation now because his words which he intended something completely different than what I got out of it really spoke to me and they were not what he was intending but and I texted him that these are art so you can interpret poetry or music or art and being aware of it I think is is what we're really honing in on here connecting it to what we're talking about today would you say that is finding steadiness what do you mean when you see art hear music do you feel steady not really i feel so emotionally moved i don't know if steady is a good word it's it's pretty emotional. I mean, I you know, we talk about this, I feel everything. So to hear a song that moves my heart, it, it, I don't know, it's kind of a, I don't know if I feel steady. I don't want to say it's a longing, but it e- evokes certainly some intense emotions. Yeah, and, right. And we had a whole episode on mindfulness of emotions. Yeah. And so, so art does evoke thoughts and emotions. Yeah. Like that. So if you take it to the next level, and to what we're doing, we're exploring awareness. And we're taking awareness in a way, not just like I'm aware that my, you know, coffee is cold, but some some deeper, deeper sense of awareness. And so now when you, you know, experience music and art and things like that, or if you look at our podcast logo picture, I'd like to ask people, what does it bring up in your mind? Hmm. Thoughts or emotions? And then bring that, those to awareness. Right. That would be the, the homework, so to speak. So let's go back to what we originally intended to talk about is like we are focusing, we're very aware of what is happening in our world right now. And it is very troubling for a lot of people and unsettling. But over the course of these conversations, I've learned from you that you can be okay with yourself. You can be steady you know, no matter what's going on. And I realize some people, their personal situations are very, very challenging right now. And you, and you have my utmost compassion for that. I, I understand that. As I said, I feel everything. But for those of us like me, who I'm still lucky to have a job and, uh, you know, my home ownership is not threatened right now. And hopefully I'm still well. I haven't contracted this this virus, but still is challenging. I say that because I know a lot of people are, are facing even more challenges, but it's just challenging even if you're in a, in a good spot. Where do we find our steadiness? How do we connect to calm at a time like this? That's, that's a great question. And I will also say that uh, a lot of us hear about mindfulness-based stress reduction. Mm-hmm. So we expect mindfulness to reduce our stress. And, uh, and maybe at some level that's true. And we had a whole discussion of this earlier on in the episode. But I, but I want, we're taking this, this word mindfulness and, and using the word awareness and connecting to something deeper 
that's always been there and that is very steady. Now, one metaphor that you can use and that I like is the eye of a hurricane. Hmm. So a hurricane is swirling wind and debris and chaos all over the place. But in that, you know, you've heard of people where they live under the eye of the hurricane, you know, the hurricane goes by and then everything's quiet and still. And then then the hurricane moves and you get the second half and maybe sometimes even that's worse. But, but let's say the hurricane is, 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 is you're the core of the hurricane and there's other things happening outside. So if you can have some faith or trust that there is a steady core, faith and trust comes first, but we're going to, we talk about techniques, how to connect to that core. So and, and I'm, it's not me. I mean, I've learned this from other people. And so this is not a... Um, theory. This is experienced by lots of people and in lots of different ways. And in this particular case, we use mindfulness techniques. But the the other metaphor I love is like during that hurricane, the surface of the ocean will be really, really crazy waves and all. But if you go down deep enough, you'll find that the bottom of the sand and the deep ocean is still. And you have no idea that the hurricane is going on up above you. So you're saying we all have that inside ourselves. We, I, I am. And I'm saying that we all do no matter what. Now, for some people, it's more difficult to access, especially if you've experienced a lot of childhood trauma or you're currently experiencing social, you know, aggression from whatever, whether it's the color of your skin or whether you wear a mask or you don't wear a mask, mm. your gender, male, female, your, your sexual orientation, um, your gender expression, all of these, all of these things are, are happening to us, you know, based on what's happening in the culture. And we tend to be drawn into that and, and get our identity around that and react to that, you know, and we may react to with other people, all we also might react in our own minds with mm. thoughts and ruminations and figuring and all those things. And and sometimes, you know, you do have to think and you have to figure and you have to plan your next move. But there's a difference between responding and reacting. Mm. And so that was one of the big things that we talked about before. What's the difference between responding and reacting? And have you have you come up with a, a way that you think about uh, that? That is a great respond. Is react is like you don't think about it. You just do it, and and emotions come out, and uh, they you typically escalates the situation. Where I think responding is like take a second and step back and take a breath. And think about what's going to come out of your mouth or what actions you're going to take. Reaction, I think, doesn't include a lot of thought, but respond, you know, take a breath, take a minute and think about what your, your next words are going to be or your next move are going to be. Yes, right, exactly. Yeah, reaction, you know, sometimes we call it the limbic brain, at least for mm. some the reptilian brain, you know, mm. competition. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that kind of just like it's kind of more of our a survival mode. Well, do you think responding takes awareness? So to respond to something as opposing to, to react. Uh, some uh, I, I'm sure many people are responding 
to lots of things, right, already. But if you're not, or if you would like to respond with more wisdom, you know, if there are, if, it, if there's something else that might be missing, or if you're, if you're suffering from a lot of discursive thinking, and, and, you know, before I got really started into this, I was reacting to, uh, you know, mm. when the kid, when I had little kids, you know, reacting, there, there, there's ways that sometimes I'd respond, sometimes I'd react. Nowadays, I respond a lot more than I react. And so last night we recorded the first, you know, try on this podcast and I forgot mm-hmm. to hit the record button and I did have a reaction and, um, and, uh, you know, some words came out of my mouth and then, and then that kind of died down and then there was a response and you, Lisa, were just very uh, kind about the whole thing. So there was, there was just an instant loving response from you. Hmm what's the point of getting mad about it? You know, it's, uh, I know it has never happened before. And I just thought, okay, that's unfortunate. And, but life goes on, you know, where it, it there's, I think you have to pick your battles, you know, what are you going to get upset about or not get upset? I don't know. It was weird. Cause I was like, okay, that's too bad. You know, and I a response, right. Instead of a reaction or right. So I think that that's a minor example, but you know, there is a difference between reacting and responding. Yeah. And, and well, I still want to talk about that inner steadiness that you say we have. Some of us who had a lot of trauma growing up, or I, you know, I, I say I, I was in fight or flight for a long time to the point where I think I conditioned my heart to be that way automatically. Right. So I want to know that I can be steady, that it's there. I, how do we get there? How do we connect to that that's a great question because we hear that all the time you know find your center yeah um, right you know be still right uh, whatever and what does our our minds will immediately say well let me just figure this out and and figure out how to be still and we actually have a episode about why can't i figure this out yeah and so the answer to that question is not to try to think your way through it. The answer to that question is to find the part of yourself that's already there, that's steady. Okay, I think that's surprising news for people to hear even to begin with. That What? I have a steady core? I can be calm no matter what? So how do you know? <laughs> I mean, I don't like to put you on the spot or challenge you, but I'm just thinking about people's questions and anticipating what they well, might be thinking. And it's not... By the way, it's not something that I believe. What isn't? That there's a core. Everyone has a core. No, but that we that there's inner steadiness. It's not a belief. It's an experience, you know, and it's my own personal experience. Hmm. And also the personal experience of a lot of people who teach this thing. And um and and I guess there there is an assumption that every human being is the same and that they have this ability to be aware and it isn't a um it's not a question it is it is uh that's just the it's just part of the being human i may not be you may not know that you're aware and you may not be able to access access that without doing something to 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 know it right and so and by, by being aware you mean aware of that you can be calm or steady um, no i'm saying them um connecting to your core 
Oh, okay. In this particular case, we're doing that through, aware, through awareness practice. Now, I think you could do it through other practices as well. I think people, you know, in yoga can experience this. Right. Yeah. And, and um, some religions can experience this. Uh, people, you know, long hikers can experience. There's lots of ways to, to experience this. Now, our podcast is about using mindfulness techniques to experience this. Right. And so that's what I can speak to because that's been my experience. Now, is it, is it possible for everyone to be aware of their breath? I, I think so. Yeah. Being aware of the breath is like, right. the so you've been breathing your whole life, right? Yeah, hopefully. See, there's the, is there, but, but you have. That's the absolute truth of the matter. Right. You know that you were breathing all that time. Mm -hmm. You did know. No, I don't think you think about it. No, you don't think about it. You're not aware of it. It just happens. Right, right. So, so that's, let's, let's call that unconsciousness. So breathing happens unconsciously. Okay. Now, when you bring consciousness to the breathing, when you become aware of your breathing, then all of a sudden there's another layer that, that is activated, that's exposed, that's always been there, your ability to be aware of your breathing. Now, you may not think that's a very big deal, right? Mm -hmm. Some people out there are like, well, well, I'm aware that I'm breathing. Yeah, but, that, but, but awareness, it goes very, there's a, so much to explore about awareness. And so we don't just stop and say, well, I'm aware that I'm breathing. That's not, that's not, that's not it. Mindfulness of the breath is the very first step. And it can be very difficult for people because the mind is always going. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you almost have to train your mind to be, to go back to the breath. And that requires a certain bit of concentration. Now, now I wanted to make this comment before we are now talking about accessing steadiness from the bottom up, right? Right, right. It's a, a comment, you know, we're bringing some things together. We've always talked about that. Yeah. Bottom up and not top down. So I'm not telling you, you have to do this. I'm not telling you, you have to be still or you should be still or, you know, it'd be better if you were still. No, I'm saying let's return back to something that's already there that's been covered up by years of kind of ideas and conditioning and successes and failures and things like that, right? I like putting it that way, return back to something that's always been there. Yes, yes. And so- That's a good way to describe it. Bottom up instead of the top down, because it's- right. If you make it a top-down thing, it just creates more problems for you. And then you're going to say, I can't do it because you can't. You can't do it that way. The only way to do it is to stop because it's there. It just won't be, it won't be active unless you let it be. Your inner dimension is there, right? But it's not, it doesn't fight with your ego. It doesn't fight with your thoughts. Just like if you open up a, a, an oyster, you open up that shell and then the soft oyster is inside. So there's this shell that we have and we're carrying it as if that's who we really are. And you know, there was that Buddha, right? That everyone thought was a clay Buddha. And then they got like removing it and it got chipped or something. The clay mm -hmm. got 
everyone was worried like, oh no, we cracked the Buddha. But there was like, it was, clay was placed over a pure gold Buddha. Right. So that it wasn't stolen, you know, during an invasion. Right. And then all of a sudden there's that gold. There's another great story about a beggar who is sitting on a crate and he's begging from everyone. And a man comes up to him and says, you know, what you've been looking for has been with you this whole entire time. And he opens the crate and it's full of gold. Yeah. And so the beggar had been sitting on a crate full of gold. He didn't know it. Then he became aware of it. And so, again, that's another metaphor for what we're talking about. You hear that a lot. Like what you're looking for outside of yourself is already inside of yourself. Is, is that what you mean? You hear that, of course. And you're like, well, how do I do it? So that's why, right. we, that's why we do these techniques on how. Mm. to that. So, so the, first, the how is becoming aware of your breath first. And once you can, can do that for a little bit, then you can become aware of your, your body, your whole, your feet, your legs, your, your whole body. You can become aware of your body. And then you can become aware that part of your body is your brain and that your brain is producing thoughts just like your lungs are breathing. And so that's why the breathing part is your starter so you learn to be aware of your breath you learn to be aware of your body and then you can learn to be aware of your thoughts and what do you do with those thoughts once you're aware of them yes you just you you let them be as they are in the present moment and and let's talk about the present moment is it are, are we to be aware that we're in this present moment and one of my favorite thoughts is everything is a okay right now and all there is is right now and that's to me being aware of the present moment yeah and it's not a thought though it's a state of being you know it's a it's a it's what's a state of being the present moment because it's, it's a thought it's no longer in the present moment the present moment is a state of being yes absolutely you're gonna have to say a little bit more about that well i can talk about it a lot. But remember our very first episode, I said until uh, we were talking about sugar. And I said, I can talk about sugar all day long, but until you taste sugar, you won't know what sugar is. Mm. And then you said, well, nobody eats spoonfuls of sugar. But, <laughs> but it was about, about the, the sweetness. When you mm. experience sweetness, it's like, I can't tell you what sweetness is. Hmm. Have to, you would have to taste it. So in this case, you know, once we get to this point where you're asking me this question, though, it's a per, it's a, I can guide, help guide you to that. Mm-hmm. But it's a very personal experience for you to ex- experience the present moment. So mm-hmm. people write books on it and people give talks on it and all this. But, but what you really have to do is the way we're doing it here, sitting down and practicing these mindfulness techniques and give yourself a chance to do something different and to not rely on thoughts, to give it up, let it go, or let it fall off. We had to do a whole episode on letting it go, and mm-hmm. you actually can't let things go. Right. Trying to let go makes it more difficult. So we call it falling off. But when you look in the rearview mirror, it looks like you let it go, but it actually fell off. Mm. 
but we have to get there and sit down and rest as awareness. That's the, that's the broader thing. But no, you can take some steps to help you get that experience of present moment. There's a couple more things I wanted to go over that we've talked about in the past and putting them all together here. And one of those is your comfort zone. I think that's something that I've always thought, you know, this is my comfort zone. Growing up in such disarray and with such upheaval and no security, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm always have to hold on to something, you know, I like to hold on to I'm a pillow person or a blanket person, or even just like a tissue. I like to hold on to something, you know, just to have something in my hand to hold on to. And that, is what I feel creates or contributes to my comfort zone. Yeah. And then you kind of blew that all out of the water because you remember what you said about a comfort zone, that there really is no such thing as a comfort zone and we create those boundaries ourselves. Oh, right. Well, I'm trying to create something to comfort myself and really I'm putting up boundaries and containing myself. And I would like to think, that I don't need those that, you know, and have a, like a look at life is limitless. And so that means getting rid of your comfort zone, because even though it may comfort you, it's limiting you. Does, does that make sense? It does make sense. Now let's unpack that a little bit um, because getting rid of your comfort zone um, may not be the best thing to do. You know, if you're not ready for that, and so just like being aware of thoughts and emotions may, may take away some of their power, I think that, that as you move through these practices, the comfort zone maybe gets bigger. You no longer need that comfort zone. But let's take Burning Man. You know, we had the last episode was on Burning Man, and going to Burning Man is definitely outside some people's comfort zone. I think yeah. Some feedback that listening to that so right. is beyond people's comfort zones, and so this is great to challenge you know some of your preconceived ideas. But to do that, you have to know what those preconceived ideas are. You have to know what what you're protecting yourself against, hmm. you know, in a sense. Yeah. Where do you feel the most comfortable? <sighs> Where by the water? I'm a Pisces, so by a lake. I will tell you, recently, even though we're not supposed to go anywhere, went to a northern Michigan beach, and I sat on the edge of the water because I'm trying to be distant from everyone, and the waves were washing up on my feet, and I was surrounded by a big pile of the most beautiful, colorful rocks, and I felt like a kid in a playpen. I felt like I was so happy. I'm sitting there. The waves are crashing at my feet, and I don't know why I'm so obsessed with rocks. I guess maybe... Some people say they're they're solid and and that comforts me. So and I'm like, there's a pink one and there's a green one and there's a blue one and there's Leland stones and I was so happy. I was so comfortable in that moment with the waves crashing at my feet and the sun shining on my head and surrounded by. I don't need to pick up any more rocks. <laughs> I was full of rocks, but I love rocks. So green rock collection so if you get some green rocks let me know oh really no i have green i have like a candle holder that has all the different colors so you collect green ones yes i don't think people realize how many different colors rocks come in so yeah that's my i'm mean, all excited now i'm talking about waves and rocks right. you yourself comfortable would you say you felt at home yeah i did and so comfort level comfort is at home 
where is home for you? And mm -hmm. so, you know, the metaphor can be your home, your house, you know, you're comfortable in your home. But can you be at home anywhere? And uh, we use that term a lot in meditation, coming home. So coming home to yourself, to who you really are. Mm -hmm. and so then those, those, that comfort zone doesn't mean anything anymore, right? So you really don't tear down the comfort zone. It's just no longer there or it's much larger. I mean, certainly there's limits, you know, moral and um, ethical limits that people are going to, to follow for themselves. And certainly there's, we're not talking about limitless violence or, you know, I mean, people get afraid of freedom. They get afraid of, of letting go of too much. But, you know, there, we all, the, the, what's built into this is also kind of a moral, ethical framework of, of love and peace and joy and generosity. And so it means that interactions with people are guided by that as well, you know, and respect for people and wisdom in your relationships. But, but back to this uh, idea of the comfort zone. So yeah, we put up our boundaries, we put up our barriers, and we stay in that little little corral. Whereas if actually we felt home within ourselves, that really wouldn't be necessary. And then you can feel at home wherever you are. If you're in the hospital with COVID, you know, you're on your deathbed, or you're, you know, on the beach, anywhere, you know, it's like present moment awareness in, you know, your core that doesn't change, by the way, if you're in jail or if you're in the hospital with COVID or if you're poor or if you've had traumas in your life and all of these, all these external situations don't define the steady inner core. Once you know it, it will be challenged. That's when you use some of these practices to connect back to it. And we talk about, you know, sitting meditation as a pilot project because you can't sit in meditation all the time, but a pilot project is like a sampler. It's like a practice. It's like getting yourself familiar with that place, mm -hmm. right, in like an ideal situation in a quiet room so that when you're out in the hospital or you're, you know, when I'm in the hospital, there can be a lot of chaos going on, you know, babies being delivered everywhere. Someone's got to be steady and calm. And, uh, and a lot of us have to be steady and calm because everyone else might be, you know, not knowing what's going on. And so this idea of being home, this idea of connecting to something deeper that's always there no matter what, it's just can you access it and doing this practice at home with this meditation so that you know what it's like, you know what it tastes like. Mm. You can carry that on with you throughout the day. So, so instead of being pulled around like a cow that has a ring in its nose, you get pulled, you won't get pulled around because you'll be a cow without nostrils. Mm. <laughs> or as I would put it, <laughs> This is this, this is the yin and yang you get with Frank and Lisa. My goal is feeling at home even when you're far from home. And in, as you're describing, that's inside of yourself. So I don't know if you sent your kids to fifth grade camp. You know, that's like one of the first times they're away from you. And in our school district, the kids went to overnight camp in fifth grade. And I think that's where it all starts at, you know, are they scared? Are you upset that they're not going to be around? And it's like, 
I want them to have that feeling that they're okay no matter where they go in yeah. life. Yeah, home. And I want to have that feeling. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and desire, you know, for that can be an intention, you know, an intention. Uh-huh. And so what brings you to this work and this to do this podcast and mm-hmm. people that are listening, and if you're still listening and you're on Facebook, <laughs> then you probably have an intention, right? Right. To, uh, to connect to something deeper. And you may have this idea that there's something more to life than, you know, going to work, paying your bills, watching TV or whatever. If you feel that way and if you have that sense about you, then, you know, we can talk about this also until we're blue in the face, but we also can do the guided meditation, you know, and kind mm. of feel into that. But to, before we do that, is there any other well, my one last point that I was going to make is is about when you're struggling or feeling unsteady, to have some self-compassion, to give yourself a break when you're struggling. Just like you're, I think people can get into it and then they're worried and then they're stressed and the more they worry and the more they stress, the worse it gets. And you're like, how am I ever going to dig my way out? Ugh, just take a break. Take have, a breath. Have you had some experience with that? How did you go about doing that? Pretty much just, just like I said, I think your mind can just start racing and you get in that moment and you start worrying and then you think, you know what, I don't, I don't have to worry right now. I can go sit and meditate and be aware of my thought. I don't have to do this to myself. We do it to ourselves. I mean, yes, you there's things. Right? Out of habit. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot going on around us and but you have a choice to respond versus react. You have a choice whether to be aware of what's happening in your brain and, and, and meditate and find relief and, and give yourself a break. I think that's, that's huge. I think people think they have to suffer or they're used to drama or they're more comfortable when things are wrong than when they're right. Yes, because you have more control. Yeah, or you're just used to it. And you're but, used- it takes a toll. It takes a toll on your body and it takes a toll on your mind and it takes a toll on your well-being. So I think self-compassion is not a simple thing to achieve, but... Also not top-down. It's not top-down. It's also bottom-up. Yeah. So we, we uh, had uh, the D word. Do you want to tell them what the D word is? You are never going to let me off the hook. Discipline. Discipline. I'm not a disciplined person, which, I don't know. Are you a disciplined person? Um, a lot of times. Well, you're a doctor, so you had to like discipline yourself to study and discipline yourself to take exams. And yeah, you have to be disciplined. I'm a radio broadcaster for a reason. You know, I mean, you like to call it showbiz because I get to be free and, and I, you know, and I work for a public radio station now, but I worked for commercial radio and it was a blast. I just got to be me and entertain people and laugh and meet people and it was free. And so, yes. you know, yeah, we have discipline. You have to meet certain time. Fr- I mean, I can meet a clock. I can tell you the top of the hour. Yeah, there are some disciplines, but overall, it's more creative than discipline. And we did come up with another word beside discipline. When we talked about discipline, uh, it's certainly not like, you know, punishment. This is like getting yourself once a day 
to sit down in a chair for five minutes. And as, and as easy as that sounds, it takes some discipline. And your brain probably doesn't really want you to do that because your brain's got way more things to go. So, so I asked you to meditate every day. And it was not easy for you. And, uh, but then you found out that doing that changed your day. And so I remember one week you meditated the heck. <laughs> you, it was discipline. You put me in time out. But you know what? I needed it. As much as I don't like that word, it does. I, you know, whatever. It's a. It's that word has as much meaning as I decide to attach to it or not. So when I decide that discipline doesn't mean something strict or rigid, it means something for your own benefit. Then I was better about it, and I did sit down every day. And is it practice? Is that the word? You know, practice, practice every day. Yeah. And it does make a difference. But to me, I, another way to look at that is to that could be part of self-compassion too. It's like, you yeah. know, I'm going to benefit from this. This is do this for yourself and, and give yourself a, literally a break from all the thoughts in your, in your head. But exactly. It's actually an opportunity, you know, it's an opportunity yeah. to connect to something that really allows you to be more fully human. Right. Not only does it allow you to be more fully human, it allows you to connect, you know, to so much more. I mean, I wish I could explain it to you, but, you know, there, there, the, 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 the world of the thoughts is very limiting. And once you're outside of that, you know, when I'm meditating, I get such great ideas, you know. I get so many interesting things. And, and when you're relieved of all of those thoughts, you know, the sense of joy of, like, how joyful life is no matter what what's happening you know we, we saw that you sent me the um we should talk about that, that that quote you sent from the native american woman there's joy within no matter what's happening and how could a, a woman whose people have been persecuted for years have joy how can they be dancing you know and, mm -hmm. and it's like your brain is going to say no there's no joy but actually there is well, I think that what I sent you was basically, it was like, you choose, we're, we're in a pandemic, so it's your choice how you want to look at it and how you want to process it. And uh, this moment humanity is going through can be seen as a portal and as a whole. The decision to fall into the hole or go through the portal is up to you. I think that's such a powerful thing. Is yes. There has to be some consciousness brought to that. So Right. Do not lose the spiritual dimension of the crisis. Have the eagle aspect that from far above and see the whole we more broadly, or see more broadly. So it, it, it was a great, a great thought. I sent it to you because she talked about using your tools in your toolbox, which is a, a famous Frank Anderson phrase. And I thought, oh, I, I heard that before. And you've, you haven't said it all night. So, but Can you uh, tell us who the author was of that? Message from White Eagle. Oh, Hopi. I'm yeah, Hopi. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And actually, she put this out a, a while ago. But I thought, you know, I always, and I know, believe me, believe me, I understand that it's easy for me to say the words, you have a choice on whether to respond versus react, because 
it's easy to say it. I understand how difficult it is to apply that because I've got lots of stuff going on in my life and I'm not always calm. That's part of why we do this podcast is so we can have these conversations and put this out in the world for everyone, including me, on on how to have more well-being. Get the tools out of our toolkit. That's right. Now that you mention it. <laughs> how could you forget? You're always talking about, which is awesome. I think it's, it's, it's great. I that want to say one more thing because, you know, we can talk about mindfulness. We can talk mm-hmm. about awareness. But there's also another part to this, and that is a realization. You know, to get from, you know, being trapped in your thoughts and the delusion of your thoughts to awareness, you know, that takes a lot of effort. And once you do that, you say, wow, I used to think all that, uh, that was, where was I? But once you kind of understand awareness, then there's another uh, opportunity for a realization. So awareness is a very personal thing and realization is a very global thing. And the realization of oneness, you know, with the universe, and this kind of starts to get far out, but I'm going to, I need to include it to be comprehensive. That this oneness with with everyone you know and and how we really aren't any different because even though we might have different dna mm-hmm. it means we have a different appearance we have different ways we've been brought up the different cultures that we're in i mean all of those things come and go and they're temporary but the one thing that connects us all is not temporary it's actually always been and always will be and again it's not something you can explain and it starts to sound far out but uh, in, in last night, we talked about, you know, how we are all particles of the universe. You know, the universe is created, there's dust, you know, it collects in certain ways, and our bodies get formed from the same material as this table, right? Mm. For some reason, the way our brains are, we are able to be aware of that. And so, in a sense... Yeah, and, and we're aware of the universe, at least as much as we know about it. And so, in a way, we are the universe, the universe's way of being aware of itself. And again, it's something that you might feel like how connected you really are to everything. And, and some people might then kind of understand their religions from that way as well, because that word, God, hmm. you know, um, I mean, for some people, I guess it means a figure, but for, for a lot of people, God is not a, you know, no, no one, some people don't know what God is, and that's right, we don't. But you feel into this, whatever, and you can use all kinds of words for it, you know, and so maybe some people use God's, maybe some people use Christ nature, maybe some people use Buddha nature, you know, or whatever, spirit, you know, mother universe or whatever it's it doesn't matter what words you use you know if 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 you're hung up on the words and you have to believe a certain thing well that's that's one way to be and we're talking about an experience a realization of your own Mm. innate nature and wisdom and expansion you know once you do that your body moves around in a different way so we can do more about realization later but you know that's the kind of the the breadth of things 
And one more word, we're kind of, I feel like we're building a pyramid, you know, of, of how to be steady in unsteady times. And a word that I learned from you, which I think you embody is equanimity. Mm, yes, right. And that means... Uh, have you been studying? Do you do, do you want to take a stab at it? No, I want you to take a stab. <laughs> You're the king of equanimity with your yeah. toolbox and your tool. Yeah, so that word equanimity people have heard of. And I remember when I heard it the first time, I quite didn't know what it meant. And again, it's one of those words that's describing something that's indescribable. But let's... Mm. Really? Because I thought it was just pretty, just pretty well, solid. I can give you some more words, but I'll never tell you what it is. Every word I say is not going to be completely correct because it's you're, you're trying to capture it with a word, and it's not. You can't capture it with a word, so you have to actually experience it. But but you can talk about equanimity as like this coolness, this peacefulness, this innate calm calm amid the storm you know some of the, the, the also the way i talk about awareness so that's one of the elements of awareness and one of these characteristics of the inner state is equanimity and unflappableness you know so no matter what happens that part of you doesn't get affected so when you're connected to that you know, your body might react i remember i had this like anaphylactic reaction to a bee sting the first time I ever had mm. anaphylaxis. And I was, I could tell that my body was going into chaos, you know, mm. and, uh, but the, the, but the part of me that could see that wasn't going into chaos. It's like my heart was beating and my palms were itchy and I was coughing and I was, mm. my body was like, and, and so my body was all, crazy and my wife was like just calm down it was just a bee sting and I'm like I'm actually very calm but my body is like you know going crazy mm -hmm. so that was that sense of equanimity but then I kind of started to panic and I kind of lost the equanimity and uh, we rushed to the emergency room and I had to get an ep epinephrine shot but you know I kind of lost that for a minute because I was like I started to panic I'm like I didn't know what was going on so, yeah, I still got some work to do, but can you? I was going to say, as a doctor who delivers babies, you have to have equanimity. Oh, sure. Yes, exactly. And and that equanimity comes from my personal equanimity, but it also comes from confidence and knowing what you're doing. So a lot of us, you know, you know, we, we're, we're trained to handle emergencies. And, you know, so whatever happens, we know what to do. And uh, but maintaining that equanimity throughout is important. Well, so I'm going to make a true confession here. People like me and maybe others want to know someone who has equanimity. To have someone in your life who who has that strength that you can count on is invaluable. But I have learned that I have to have it in myself. There you go. And it's not easy. <laughs> not easy. And... um I have made so many new friends based on this type of thing. I mean, I have a lot what of... What do you mean? You know, when other people that are working on this as well, spiritual friends, friends that are doing this type of work and that they're very close and very, very um, 
and, we, and we're sharing the path, you know, and I feel like it doesn't matter where you are on the path. I mean, I've been doing this longer than you have, yeah. but we're all on this path together. And so there, there's not a judgment there and there's not like one better than the other, you know, I mean, we're all, when you have this intention and you're working on it, we'll help each other. But some people aren't on this path and that's okay too. And, um, and the, the worst thing you can do to someone who, you know, does, I was at dinner with a couple and we were, I, were, I was talking about mindfulness and being aware of your thoughts and this guy like, why would I want to do that? I was going to say, people love to hear that at dinner. It's like, you know, you know your audience. Exactly. I, I don't, um, I don't, I don't talk about this unless I'm invited to. Yeah. I was going to say, not everybody shares this passion no. or, or, or interest. That's right. And so I was invited today to give a talk to my department and 15 people showed up and that's great. But you mm-hmm. know, if you have to listen to this and you don't want to, then if you're not ready or right, it, it, it sounds crazy. It sounds- Maybe sometime we can do an episode about getting ready for mindfulness. We do this podcast and you teach meditations and, and lead them. And I do a, a, you know, a radio segment about well-being and I wonder, I feel like sometimes the audience for that is sort of limited. So how do you, how do you get ready for that? Or how do you lure people? I don't want to lure. I mean, it's not you. We never force anything on anybody. You know? One thing that's happened is the COVID crisis. Oh, true, true. So, you know, especially the COVID crisis, and we had that, that really great um, episode on the Great Pause. Right. It's like, okay, people, you're forced to be, to stay in your house. Right. How are you going to deal with that? So it's like, okay, all these external circumstances that you have no control over. And so maybe now is the time to go with it. Right. Sometimes it happens, people have a midlife crisis. Some people end up having a, a, a physical crisis, you know. Some people that have these near-death experiences, right, right. they come back and they are different and they're no longer just this yeah. deluded mind. Or not, deluded sounds bad, but, you know, they're not locked in thoughts anymore mm-hmm. because they know there's something more. And so the sooner you can realize that and enjoy the something more, the better. But the paradox is, I mean, I, I, I can live it and people who are curious will ask me about it and I'll talk about it, but you can't, you can't force them or it's even, it's, it's very, it's a very interesting thing. I think really the best thing to do is to do, take care of yourself first. Right. And then people get interested uh, when they feel and you've, you've experienced that too. People right. really like you and they want to hear more. Well, this is why we do this podcast because you're the experienced one and you're solid in it. And it's not that I'm inexperienced, but it's not easy. You know, I'm here to represent the it's not easy side. I want it. I know it. I feel it. I want to share it. I feel like that's why I'm on this planet, but I know it's not easy. And I think together we can present something that hopefully people will have will feel and have a takeaway and it'll help be helpful. There is an interesting concept about inner unity and outer unity. You may have outer unity, but not have inner unity. And, you know, we can work on inner unity. It does, it's, it, everything is fine. But if you don't have inner unity, I mean, there's some 
famous, you know, Buddhist teachers who sound great, but behind the curtain, mm. not just them, but a lot, lots of lots of people in positions of power. Let's say, you know, they've got outer unity, but they don't have inner unity. Mm. So this is about inner unity, and then how inner unity and outer unity will will be the same. You know that. Mm. Another thing. And that's equ- that would be a good description of equanimity, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. Your inner unity and your outer unity are the same. Yeah. And you're authentic. And, and that's what I'm trying to do in my work, you know, to be like, I've got inner, you know, I've got a, a degree of inner unity, and I want my projects and my work expression to be the same. You know, mm. so I'm not inner unity and then going out and uh, buying up a business and then selling off his equity and selling mm-hmm. you know, some of those things don't sound ethical to me, but even though they might be legal, no, I'm trying to take the principles that I have and generate and, and put them into projects and into healthcare and into teaching. Mm-hmm. So that there's kind of inner and outer unity and that you know, there's not a question about that. And so we're going to do this kind of meditation today in the spirit of, being steady when you're unsteady is that yeah or peace or connecting to your inner steadiness or your inner peace yeah well i like that i like inner peace yeah i like inner peace is very steady and so we'll just go through the regular meditation that we okay um and it's it's always about the opportunity to return home the opportunity to connect to the inner dimension right and so all these techniques that 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 i'll be giving are guides you know and if you're willing to you know go along with this and trust that there's i'm not asking you to believe anything or to do anything that would be harmful but just so you know sometimes difficult thoughts can come up when you give this space and if it does then i think it, it, you don't have to continue you can stop right if it's too much that's fine and, and you can stand up and walk around and, and try again later or if things get brought up for you and are troubling sometimes you need to see somebody you know to work it through because sometimes it brings up deep things or things that you've been covering up and so that's why sometimes this practice isn't always going to be about stress reduction at the beginning. But at the end, it will be very stress reducing. But sometimes mm-hmm. you got to go over the mountain first. Some people have more difficulty. Some people have less. So I would recommend the younger you are to do this when you're young because it's harder when you mm-hmm. get older. Not impossible, but us older folks have more baggage, more more things that we have to clear but but don't let age discourage us because all good work and so we'll start by having a seat on your chair and your feet on the ground or if you happen to be on a meditation cushion that's great too there's no in, in in our methodology there's no position you have to be in and there's nothing that you have to do in other traditions you know they'll require you to sit in a certain way but we're doing this in a secular kind of americanized version 
So you're sitting in your chair with your feet on your ground and on the ground. And like you said, that's about the present moment awareness. And so as you're sitting there, just observe what's happening in the present moment. In this very moment. And so maybe there's some sounds around you that are happening in the present moment. You know, there's a certain amount of light coming through your eyelids, perhaps. Um, your body is in this chair. This chair is in this room. Your, your body is touching different things, like maybe your feet are touching the ground and your hips are touching the chair or your back. And so we're starting our awareness, like of being aware of our body in the chair and in the room. And so focusing on the body, go to the place that's moving in your body. And I would recommend the chest. Because there it is. Your chest is expanding and contracting. And when it expands, it pulls in the air from the outside. It kind of creates a vacuum. And the air fills your lungs and all these amazing things happen in your lungs and the carbon dioxide that was liquid in your blood now comes out as a gas and the oxygen that was in the, as a gas gets dissolved in the blood. You know, and the heart moves all this around a lot going on, but we can really see the, the breath chest rising and falling and uh, you can feel the air go in and out of the nostrils and this is a great way to start because you're being aware of your breathing Seems very simple. You just know that you're breathing.
And so knowing that you're breathing is like being conscious of something that's been unconscious for a long time. And so this breathing has been going on since you were a baby, since you were born. And it happens mostly unconsciously, but it's happening. And so when we stop to become aware of it, it's like, you know, the beginning, the doorway to understanding awareness. And uh, you may be getting thoughts now as thoughts will start to emerge from your brain, just like your, your, your lungs breathe, your brain thinks. And allow those thoughts to just be like the breath and to let them come and go. And if there's too many of those thoughts, you can't, don't try to stop your thoughts. That's just another thought. Let the thoughts go, maybe Imagine those thoughts are on a train car and uh, it's racing at full speed in front of you. And you know, with your awareness practice, you're just aware of your thoughts going. You know, are you your thoughts or are you the awareness of your thoughts? And if you are your thoughts, you'd be in the train car and down the road already. But no, we're still here, being aware of, of everything that's happening. It's important to be aware of what's happening in your body too, because that's also what's happening in the present moment, your body. You know, your feet are on the ground and you can feel them and know they've been carrying you around your whole life as well. And they tend to be forgotten down there. And so just knowing that they're there is a um, reality of the present moment. Even though you don't think about them much unless they hurt, they're always there and uh, moving up your ankles and your lower legs and your knee joint, which is an absolute marvel of anatomy and bone muscle cartilage. Very, very complicated, but very, very important for you to move around. And then going up to your hips and thighs and just feeling both of your legs just as your mobility devices that are actually you and your awareness is in them. And then you'll move to your pelvis and lower abdomen And within your pelvis and lower abdomen are 
a bunch of magical organs that do so many things without you thinking about it. Your body's functioning to keep you alive. Clean your blood, digest your food. And you'll notice a really interesting expansion of your abdominal wall when you breathe. Belly breathing. And then you can move to your back and feel, you know, the strength of your back and the bones and muscles and the sore spots and the relaxed spots. and um, your shoulders. And sometimes when you become aware of your shoulders, they'll, they just relax. You didn't know they were tense. And then you just relax them. It's like, oh, feels so much better. And then go on to your hands Feel your hands, how different they are, the palms of your hands and the backs of your hands, and then moving on your wrists, your lower arms, your elbow, upper arm, back to your shoulders, and stopping there to feel your whole body below your head. and become aware of it. We tend to walk around like we are a head only. So now we've kind of woken up to awareness of the body. And then going to the head, going to the back of the head, and around and to the top of the head and all the muscles of your face. Those muscles that communicate a lot with how they contract, and you um, can be aware of your vision and your smell and your taste and your hearing. And so, just like you're aware of your breath, you're aware of your senses. And then, within your head is your amazing brain that is coming up with some great ideas that you can use and coming up with a lot of other ideas about the past or the future. It's just doing what it does. And we are taking this perspective of awareness of the brain's activity as if we are sitting in a movie theater watching what's going on. But 
but yet as we are watching, we are ourselves as well. So we are, to say we're the watcher, there's no separate watcher, but there's an ability to be aware of thoughts. And you'll find that thoughts come and they go. It's the nature of a thought. When, from this perspective, if if you um, if you don't take this perspective, a thought becomes a reality, and so. You know, something that has already happened in the past, it's already gone, it just happens again and again and again. But if you're aware of that, it's like, well, that was then. I'm in the present moment, and in the present moment, that's not, it's not happening to me. I'm safe, I'm here. Or you think about the future, and it's like, oh, what if, you know, the election goes this way or goes that way, or it's, oh, it's going to be this or that. So that's your, your mind projecting, but you have no idea what's going to happen. And uh, our mind loves to plan for worst-case scenarios, but how often does that really happen? Yeah, not often. So back in the present moment where there's just this sense of awareness, yeah, and what is awareness? But just, it's neutral. It doesn't change. It's always been there too, ever since you were the same awareness will be there till the end of your life. And maybe you've had a sense that you're really no different than you were when you were a child. That's the, that's this awareness sense. And certainly you've changed a lot your body and your thoughts and your personality and your likes and your dislikes, but this awareness is still the same. It doesn't like or it doesn't dislike, it just whatever it is. And so, what if you rested as awareness? Maybe that would feel steady. Maybe that would it would allow you to identify with steadiness instead of identifying with a worry wart or a doomsayer or a overly optimistic, overly empathetic. Just yourself. And you know that. 
and live the life that's yours. And not the life of someone else. Because if you're living a life in reaction to news articles and to in-laws and people expecting you to follow with their expectations are those that'll very stressful. Living, living from your core, you won't be stressful. And you may have to align your internal world and your external world. It may be difficult. It may take time. But you can also be compassionate with yourself and be patient and just keep cultivating this magic of the present moment. Even though your mind wants you to enjoy the drama. It's up to you. And this, uh, your steadiness, your sense of equanimity doesn't go anywhere. It will just get covered up by thoughts and situations, which is also normal, but you always have the opportunity Go back, be aware of the breath, aware of the body, feel into it. Aware of what your brain is doing, aware of your emotions, and just rest in the steadiness of awareness. Even if it's just for a, a minute, collect your self, maybe that's what that means. Move from that place, a place of steadiness. This takes practice, so please be patient with yourself, but also give yourself an opportunity to connect to this place. for as many minutes as you can afford, you know, for as many days of the week as you can. Um, book yourself a, a retreat so you can get a, some instruction and a lot of practice. These are all options. But for now, we'll, we'll close. And we'll end this by taking three deep breaths. And then open your eyes.
Now I was thinking that's that's what you get when a doctor leads a meditation. You get a lot of organ insights and knee. <laughs> yes that's very i appreciate it i think it's awesome i mean when i meditate with medical students i go a lot more detail do you yeah Yeah, they get it yeah find some steadiness you know what i was thinking uh, during that meditation was you know if you've listened this far and if you're looking for steadiness in unsteady times that I can speak for myself and say, I want to be a source of love for you. I mean, yes, there's some tools and you got your toolbox and we have learned a lot about where that steadiness is, but just please know that there is steadiness and love for you outside of yourself as well. And I don't know why I feel compelled to share that, but mm-hmm. I have a, a large capacity for love and I'm reading Eric Fromm's book right now and, and, and love can be an art as well. We talked about art and appreciating art. So I want to share my art and that is, is of love for you. I know these are tough times for everyone. Believe me, I'm experiencing it myself and on many different levels, not just from a pandemic. So I just want to share that. That's my art. And that's what I want to share. And, you know, as you work on yourself, please know that I have compassion and understanding for what you're going through because I'm going through it myself. And, but there is love there for, for everyone. And then speak for myself and say that I, that I have, I have it. And I'm sure Frank does too. No, I completely agree with that. And there's that kind of a love of, um, of a universal Mm -hmm. sense of, 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 wishing people goodwill and compassion and and i honor anyone out there who is taking on this struggle really know who they are and and Mm. using these techniques and other techniques to 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 move you know to move to a place that feels right for them because so many of us are are not in the right place and we don't know Mm. And I don't know another answer to this. And so I am honored to be able to share what I've learned and experienced. And you know, this, the, all these teachings just go, go back and back and back and they've been in with different cultures and different religions. And, you know, I feel like um, I have a small role to play in a secular approach. Mm. I like the way you put that. You're honored to do it because we are so honored and grateful for all the people around the world who listen to this. And if you need an encouraging word or you've heard something you want to share with us or have an idea or a question, you can email us at exploringawareness at gmail.com. We're getting emails. We're excited about that. And just another way to connect. I mean, I know you are basically sitting here listening to our conversation and you know if you want to chime in or you have something else to say or you as i said you need an encouraging word we're here exploring awareness at gmail.com we're on facebook and instagram and twitter and uh, worldwide people are connecting to this and that is such an honor and such a great feeling and so thank you so much for that yeah thank you thanks everyone for the emails and for the comments and uh Feel free to uh, share some comments on Apple Podcasts or Spotify as well. Yeah, yeah. So people can hear about the podcast. It always helps, you know, to do some ratings and some um, some comments. And, you know, this is all voluntary for us, but but my main goal is more and more people can open up to something deeper Mm -hmm. and make the world a better place. And so 
I wish everybody a fantastic week. All right. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is not an attempt to practice medicine or provide specific medical advice, nor does use of this information establish a physician-patient relationship. Listening to this podcast does not replace medical consultation with a qualified health or medical professional to meet the health and medical needs of you or others. If you are having problems, please see your primary care provider or your local mental health professional.